Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. What a weird and strange few days we've had, George. I know. It, it, it has been really strange, actually. Obviously, we're recording this on Monday and um, the Queen sadly passed away on Thursday last week. And so we've had, I guess, it's been a funny time to be in mm. in England, actually. Um, mm. I also had my granddad's funeral on Friday, which was the day mm, after George. everything obviously happened. And it, that was really strange because, mm. you know, th- the whole country obviously goes into mourning and there's this weird feeling. And I think people don't really know. I mean, Axel cried when I told him that the Queen had passed away. And I don't know if... Wow. I know. But I, do you know what I think it is? I think at school this year, there's been a lot of focus on the Jubilee and the Queen. Yeah. And children in particular have been learning a lot about the royal family. And so I think a lot of children... Uh, probably are feeling this more than we might have expected them to. Yeah, and actually I think the nation has been grieving for the Queen, but also it has brought up a lot of grief of their own. You know, I was broadcasting all weekend and Saturday was one of the hardest shows I've ever had to do. Um, And it was was sombre, the playlist had changed. We were talking about the Queen's life and things that she had done, um, you know, talking about her sense of humour, but also, you know, all the incredible inspirational things that she did over the last, you know, how many years. But then we were talking about King Charles. By Sunday... Um, it was very tricky because people were really feeling the enormity of what what was going on, you know, and and yeah. there was has been an outpouring of grief, an outpouring of grief, and I think yeah. it's like you said, George. I think it, you know, it, it. Lots of people were saying that it's reminded them of their granny dying or their grandparent dying. So that's that's going on, and, and then you were like, well, how much do you know? Do, do I get back to normal? What what should we be posting? What should we be saying? You want to be respectful, you know. It's a minefield to try and navigate. Yeah, and as a business mm. as well, you don't know how to approach it, and like people approaching it in so mm. many different ways and you don't really know what to do we actually went into London on Saturday afternoon and we were thinking about going to Buckingham Palace we actually didn't end up doing it because the streets were heaving mobbed like so 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 busy it's actually nice we got the bus um and we got the bus from the King's Road back Mm. to Liverpool Street and um it took us all around the back of you know like Green Park and then like quite near to Buckingham Palace and so 
the kids could kind of soak up the atmosphere and watch everybody without us actually physically being there um but I think like yeah like you say it it does bring up grief and questions around death particularly yes oh my gosh they've been asking so many questions haven't they like Luna was like did the queen want to die mummy and I said oh do you know what I'm sure you know that she she would have died you know a very content happy lady because she'd had the most incredible life with her children and grandchildren around her and you know she was 96 there was something about the queen yeah. that made us think that she was immortal that that's come up quite a lot you yeah. know the queen just keep going on and on and on but you know what yeah as the kids keep asking at what luna says to me at what point do you die and i thought oh i just i just don't know how to answer that there's so many questions say. around death that have come up over the last 48 72 hours yeah it's funny and it's difficult to know how to answer those questions and I think we you know we've had people on the podcast before and I guess the advice has always been to be honest and give sort of be as direct you don't need to give all the information but you just give them the facts and they'll you know if they've got any more questions they'll ask them I think Axel we've been talking to him about death because of my granddad passing away recently so he kind of understands it but equally now I feel like he's a little bit too comfortable no I think it's okay to be comfortable (laughs) with death oh god I wish that I'd had more conversations around death like when I was 14 my cousin's husband drowned I think I've spoken about this before on the podcast but he was my genuinely oh like a brother to me so that was my first wave of like really savage grief but I it hit me like a tidal wave because we hadn't had we had conversations about everything in our house we hadn't spoken about death before not really and mm. then obviously losing dad even at the age of 30 I was completely flawed I mean I know it's a parent yeah, yeah right but it's you know di- yeah. I, I wish that I'd been armed slightly with more more of those kind of you know it happens when it happens and you know let's talk about death and let's like, try and understand it a little bit more because mm. otherwise you don't really have any of the tools to cope with it no you don't no no you don't. and I think grief is it's not just one like one thing one time it can't like it comes in waves and and if you know you're listening to this and the queen's passing has brought up feelings of grief it could have been from you know last year 10 Mm. years ago then it's completely normal to be feeling like that and I think lots of people are feeling like that Mm. like you say so um and so, yeah, we're just, we're here for, yeah, for everybody. And I think that no one processes grief in the same mm. way. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it normal. absolutely is. And like George just said, drop us a DM if you want to chat about anything. We are here. Um, now we need to get into today's podcast because, oh, what a treat. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited for everybody to hear this conversation. Um, I just, I actually can't believe that we got her on the pod. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of us because it's a big one. She's a big name. Everyone knows her. She's got a very famous sister. She was a thoroughly, thoroughly lovely person, wasn't she? Oh my gosh. So lovely. And actually, you know, it is incredible the guests that we have on the podcast. And sometimes when we're interviewing these big names, you think, oh God, I can't believe we've got them on. And what are they going to be like? And all of that kind of stuff. I felt like she was just a mate and she was so open, so honest, so easy to chat to. Uh, I mean, I've got so much respect for her. I mean, I had respect for her anyway, but after this, just, wow. I'm I'm so grateful for her, to her for coming on and just sharing. And what about that birth story? I know, it's a good one. If you love a birth story, you are going to love this episode. It's not all around birth. We covered loads of stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, George. One. Come on, just put us out of our misery. Who are we talking to today, George? In case you haven't guessed, we are chatting to Danny Minogue. 
So for sure, an absolute pinch me moment on the podcast today. I can't believe I'm about to introduce this incredible lady, but here we go. Uh, singer, actress, TV personality, and of course, mum. We are absolutely thrilled to be saying hello to Danny Minogue. Yay, it's Danny Minogue. We are so excited to have you on today. How are you? Good, I'm good. Back in London, it's so crazy. It's been such a long time being stuck in Australia. Danny, we miss you over here in the UK. How long has it been since you've been back here? 22 years I was living between London and always back in Australia to see family or for events, for work, for Christmas. So it was just like, you know, it, it became like, oh, you just commute to work, commute between the two. And this time was really funny because of being you know, locked up for so long and then finally that opened the border to the country and it was like, what, get on a plane for that long? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to get my head around it, I was like, oh, it feels like I've forgotten how to do this. Forgotten how to do it. No, I totally get that. But how was it? How 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 is it being back? Amazing. Amazing. I've seen a few friends. I took a friend to see the Abra Voyage show. Yes. Oh, wow. That, I mean. Apart from it being absolutely superb, it was like to be following it all the way from Australia, thinking that's all the way over in London, and then just to be walking and be there was incredible. So, and then go to QBC. Uh, a lot of my team members um, had joined since I was here four years ago. For I've, you know, only seen them on a Zoom <laughs> call. So actually, meeting everyone has has been so good. Danny, we're so excited to talk to you about your parenting experiences. But before we get into it, let's go back to when you first found out that you were pregnant. So I always love this story. How did you feel? I was in London and uh, I'm so excited and I really enjoyed my pregnancy. Like I had an easy, good pregnancy. I worked throughout. It was a joy to be able to still work. And I remember I was or the panel of Australia's Got Talent and with this huge pregnant belly and I'd never seen anyone that pregnant on camera before doing what I did. So I felt really proud that it was this moment that um, other women would see and, you know, think if you want to and you, you're lucky you don't have a pregnancy that's debilitating. Some of my friends yeah. have had where yeah. they can't go to work, you know, that you're visible and you're seen because I felt like definitely after my son was born, there's so much time when you're cocooning at home and it's beautiful, but you're like, you know, like you've lost touch with the outside yeah, world. Yeah, absolutely. How did you feel about your, I guess, like your changing body during your pregnancy? Lost it. You loved it? Yeah, I think that's the most I've been comfortable in my body and loving it. I love like having a thick belly. You know, when you like rub the sides and like, oh, yeah. I feel this belly. And I missed it after I had Issa that I would go to bed and go to sleep. I missed having that big belly there. I loved it. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I completely get it, actually. I think what probably the time I felt most body confident on holiday and in a bikini was with this big, like big bump. And you just, yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it. But I guess it's not always the case. Everyone feels different, like in a feels different some people love it some people hate it um yeah. so it's it's great to hear that you had a good experience so both georgia and i are massive birth story fans 
I mean, the variety of stories that you hear, you know, and that's always the comment, isn't it? That no birth is the same as the other one. So we Mm. are desperate to ask you about yours. (laughs) How was it? It was a little traumatic for me in a few ways. And I I get it now when I read stories and like like everyone has their birth story and their particular thing. I actually didn't particularly want to go to hospital to have my son. And it's not the norm there in Australia. In England, there's lots of midwives and it's very normal and you know if you need to go to the hospital you go to the hospital or if you want to I didn't want to because I just had a friend pass away in hospital from cancer and then the last big experience in hospital my sister was in hospital with cancer and there were media everywhere and for me it didn't feel like that safe space for me it felt terrifying and I just wanted to concentrate on having my baby. So hoping to give birth at home. I had these beautiful midwives that were both from the UK now living in Australia and we were having this lovely time just, you know, getting ready for this birth and everything had been perfect up until then, up until my waters broke and it's completely in the wrong position. So I still wasn't going to give up. You know, is he going to turn around? They're like, they can do sometime. So I stupidly hung on for 30 hours of posterior labour with him oh my just God. pressed up against the words in my back. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I can swear like a trooper. <laughs> yes. Normally, it was so weird in those 30 hours, not one swear word came out of my mouth. I was just in this, I was so composed. It was like this calm. Oh, my gosh. Very out of body, serene. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. And I think it's, you know, it's like when you were saying before, you're pregnant and you love your body, but those hormones that obviously take over thinking, I can do this because it must have been the adrenaline and everything. And then it just didn't happen. So um, I went to call my um, obstetrician to say, okay, we, we've got to go to the hospital. It wasn't my choice, but we have to go. And he hung up on me. He hung up? Yeah, he hung up. That must have been the phone line. Like, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called back again and he said, no, you've got the letter and hung up again. I was like, I don't understand what he's talking about. Got the letter. Like, I was really so exhausted by then. And um, I said to the midwives, please call him back because they're like, does that make sense to you? And I said, no. I went to see him and I said to him, Got the hospital booked, but for these very specific reasons that are very personal to me, we like to try and have the baby at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've got plan A and plan B, which is lovely. And expecting mum to think, okay, yeah, yeah. may not grow to my plan, so I'll, um, you know, have everything covered. So they rang him back and he said he cancelled the um, he cancelled the hospital and um, there is no hospital room and that he'd sent me a letter. And I did say to him when I went to him and said, look, I know this is not your like normal world. It's normally your obstetrician and hospitals, it's this. But, you know, I, I really grew up most of my adult life in England. It's a different mindset there and midwife, very normal. And, you know, it's not the kind of, there's such a stigma in Australia. There was at the time, I don't think they they can even operate anymore because the government will not allow them insurance to do their job. So at that time, it was really coming to a close. And uh, I had said to him, you know, I have these midwives. Look, here's all of the information. What more do you need from me? But I am 
moving house, I've just had to buy a house. So yeah. you have my details, but don't, do not mm-hmm. send anything in the mail because I moved into my house 10 days before I gave birth. When I was speaking to him, I wasn't there. We hadn't exchanged on the house yet. So I said, you have my number, you've got my email, this is all of their contacts. It's, you know, be very immediate. Pick up the phone to me if you need anything. I was doing all of this face to face. And he said to me, you know, you don't need, you didn't need to book an appointment to come here and say this. And I said, no, I did. I, I want to see you. I want to, to be in front of your face and explain to you this. It's not, I can't put in an email or go through your receptionist. Like this is really yeah. important. Mm. At the time, he said, that's fine. I must have walked out of there and he's like, that's not fine with me. He cancelled um, the hospital, didn't call me, didn't email me, didn't contact anyone and sent a letter, which is what I told him not to do. Don't use the mail address. <laughs> I find this out after 30 hours. 30 hours of labour. Each eyelash feels like it has the weight of a truck. I, I, I'm literally... So they called up the Royal Women's Hospital and they said, oh, hi, we've got a bit of a situation here. The baby's not going to arrive on its own. And they said they would take me and I had to be wheeled in in a wheelchair. I could not walk. Then I had to wait to get the epidural. So it was, a, it was still a very long wait. I then ended up having to have a C-section. So I'm not having my child at home. I have to have a C-section. I'm in a hospital. I'm like on a, on a stretcher waiting for a room to go into because nothing. There isn't. Uh, I'm literally sort of in a, in a hallway. But great. They took me and... Um, you're on the way home from the hospital. It's so normal to be chased by helicopters, right? Because people are trying to get a photo. The whole experience was crazy. And then there was a, a front page of a newspaper which saying emergency um, uh, transfer to a hospital. And, you know, I was sitting around speaking with a midwife and I'm like, this is why people, you know, don't want to give you insurance to do your job because that is misinformation. Mm. Yeah. Calmly saying it's time to go. This is not going to happen. And we calmly went to the hospital in a car. Mm. And there's yeah. no emergency and do not sensationalize it. That is not what happened. So as well as me going through this whole situation, which I had honestly tried everything to avoid and plan and have a plan B, it was everybody says, you can have the, you know, your birth plan of your dreams and then good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Even when I was pregnant, there was all the phone hacking was going on. It's just, it's just horrific. Mm. And it's such a private time as well, you know, like uh, you obviously mentioned you didn't want to go into hospital for various reasons, but I guess a lot of that would be because of the paparazzi and people, no- you know, people knowing what was going on. And then to have the whole thing sensationalised like that. How did it make you feel? In the end, probably having the, the hospital room cancelled, I probably avoided and, and did get some private time because I was just they were so good, the Royal Women's Hospital. Just just took me in and lucky for that. Cause, I mean, I was just sitting there waiting for the epidural to kick in, thinking if I didn't have this now, I would literally die. I'm, yeah. I've taken too many hours of pain and the baby's not coming out. But. That sounds so traumatic. It's definitely not the best start to your parenting journey. And, and talk us through those first few weeks and how they were for you and what stuff came up. Amazing, amazing. I just, you know, was in a little bubble and just enjoying it and you know those first moments where he just made a noise <laughs> <Yes>. or like, 
I think he just looked at me. You know, of course, the eyeballs just ro- roaming around. But um, yeah, it was amazing. He, you know, ate well, slept well. I was like, nothing more you could ask for. Healthy. Yep. Obviously, your son's a lot older than our children are. Um, how, how, you know, what parts of parenting have you found the hardest? Like, are there any phases that you've particularly enjoyed? Toilet training, I found really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was really mentally challenging for me. Um, once that was over, I was like, oh, thank God that is done. Well, so did you have any, like, you know, scenarios where you're out and about and lots of accidents or anything like that? I was up in Sydney and I was working on um, the Australian version of the X Factor and lived there for many weeks. So I rent a house and this house that I've rented, like pretty much everything in it is white and beautiful. And I'm like, I'm toilet training. This is, <laughs> yes. I obviously thought it was going to all be wrapped and done and happen a lot quicker than what it did. So it's stressful not to be in your own house and to feel yeah. like the damage something of someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, don't. I'm literally just out of the whole toilet training thing now, but it's not, um, it's still, it still comes with a lot of challenges, still lots of accidents going on, still lots of clothes covered in poo. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I feel, yeah, absolutely. I completely get it. Like, I can't imagine yep. being in a rented or white house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now in present day, what is your relationship like with Ethan today? We're very, very close. Really hard for me at the moment to be very far away from him. And yes, there's space time, that's good, but there's nothing like being there and being with him. I love doing, you know, very mundane parts of being a mum, you know, getting up at him in the morning and doing breakfast and making school lunches and either if we're walking or driving to school, that time that you have to have those conversations. Book time at the end of the day. Um, we love movie time on the weekend. We're just like huge bowl of popcorn. <laughs> right, what are we watching? We just love it. So many things that we love to share together. It's yep. really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a son and he's six. And I already feel like, not like he's moving away from me, but a little bit. How do you find that? Like now, Ethan's a bit older. Do you find he goes in another room? Like, what? what's your advice? Yeah, he does. So you'll like take him off himself off to his room and want to have like, you know, a phone call with a friend or something. I give him that time. I'm nervous from everything what I, that I've been, that I've heard from people about, you know, when they start to get into their teens. So he's only just turned 12. Next year will be high school and then I think everything's going to change. Oh my gosh, don't. My brother's got two sons and the youngest one is two years older than Ethan and the next one's another two years older. So like there's a good, you know, group around him. He loves being around family. So I don't know when that changes, but and you just love spraying with your grandparents. So it's just very family time. Yeah, yeah I think that's, I think it's so important. I, th- I read something the other day um, and it said, you know, like you can you can be the best parent, you can follow all the books, you can do all this, but ultimately you want to raise a child that actually still wants to call you when they're a grown-up and they actually still want to hang out with you. And that really yeah. stayed with me. And I thought, God, you're so right. That's all I want. I want my children to be happy and I actually want them to want to spend time with the family rather yeah. than feel like they're forced to. <laughs> yeah, and trust you. And he really wanted to start walking to school on his own. And, you know, I was trying to get myself ready 
for that because not only we're very close, but then there's Ratsy running yeah. around. Yeah. A little bit of a different situation. Me and I was like, oh God, he hasn't started. He goes to school. I'm like, right, text me when you get there. Nine o'clock, school start. And I'm like, he didn't text me. And I was like, I could feel this red rage. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. And then I'm like, for the rest of the day, I'm like harming myself down. And I am not going to scream at him when I see him after school. He comes towards the car and I'm thinking, don't do it, don't do it, don't, don't, don't react. And the gorgeous thing, he, he opens the, the door of the car and he's like, mommy, my phone was out of credit. I tried to message you and I couldn't. And he was so stressed about it all day. No way. The same as you. Oh. Yes, I told him, I said, oh gosh, I've had this whole day where I, you know, I, I, I actually feel like I learned the most out of this whole day today. And I said, please tell me if I overreact to anything. You know, I want us to be good buddies. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lesson for you. I think there's so many feelings around our children getting older. It brings up a lot of stuff. You mentioned it previously about being in the public eye whilst being a parent. Um, how is that sitting with you now? Like he's in such a good bubble at his school where it's not really a big deal. Like everybody's very calm about it. But, you know, we have had to grow up with, you know, the creepy guys running around with the, you know, long camera lenses. And I don't put him in the public yep. eye. Yeah. He's not on social media to the point where he's like, mommy, other parents, when they're proud of their kids, they put stuff. Like on their Instagram and stuff, and they say they're proud, and you never do that with me. And I'm like, okay, I just need you to understand, I'm proud of you without the social media factor. And that the more I engage in anything like that, the more the creepy guys come around with the long lenses, yeah, and everybody's stressed. So mm. I said, you have to wait up sometimes and make some choices. And I said, they're just the choices that I have made right from the beginning. The not going to be in the media. And so many people have been very respectful of that. I'm glad about when I got into what I did, there weren't paparazzi. There was no social media. By the time all of that came around, I was famous for years and years and years as a kid. So there was no choose to get into this kind of like or not. We'll be right back after this short break. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? And social media, I know it's been around, what, I don't know, 10, 15 years, but it's still pretty new. Yeah. And especially for parents, I, no one is re- really knows how to navigate it. How do you feel about, does he ask to have his own social media channels? Because I guess there's that pressure as well. Not yet. He hasn't asked. I think he really gets it and yeah. uh, you know, that it's stressful yeah. and that how many likes did I get and what comments. He loves that real face-to-face being with someone. Yeah. I think, do you know what? I really do wonder if the next generation will go against it because so many, you know, so many of our children see us. I'm holding my phone up for anyone obviously who can't see this, but they see this all the time. Yes. And will yeah. that them off will that put them off and will they go completely the other way and want nothing to do with it because they grew up seeing their parents with their faces in their phones all the time yeah that's such a good point your children will always look to you and reflect your behavior and I definitely see that with my kids so if you're not being present and you're on your phone a lot you know that's exactly what they're going to see yeah Kids are taught at school like you have to ask permission to upload photos and you can't upload class photos there's some kids in school that are under child protection yeah. and there's mm. you know they taught a lot of stuff heard kids say you're not uploading that are you don't upload that you need to ask me so they're already aware of that but it was funny I saw uh, a like an instructional zoom that had come through the school on teaching parents about stuff that the kids were learning in school and they said it's funny enough because the biggest part of consent is normally taught between the parent and the child, not outside that. Yeah. Mm. And so parents just take photos or if they say, can I have a photo? And the child goes, no, I don't want to. They go, that's okay, I'm going to take it anyway. So in the child's brain, they're taught, even if you say no and you haven't you know, given your consent to it, someone that you trust who's then you know, some kind of yeah. guiding you or meant to be looking after you has completely disrespected that. And so I see parents doing it a lot. I think that's the message that we need to send is educating parents as much as kids to say, you're the one who's going to teach them about consent. Yeah. And if you want them to be um, able to be in control of that over many different other situations later on in life, then you have to be respectful. I've caught myself doing it and it was just really interesting to be taught as a parent. And as I said before, I think a lot of this learning is more to do with me learning than Ethan. They're just, they're sponge. They take in stuff all day long, whereas we have a very learned behaviour and this is how we do something. I think you've got to learn how to yeah. step back and yeah. look at yourself and, and how you are behaving and go, you know, a better way to do that. We touched on, you know, like lots of your career highlights and all the stuff that you're involved with. How have you found, I guess, juggling work with a home life? And did you find it harder when Ethan was younger or are you finding it harder as he's getting older? I think the balance is just making time. So there's yeah, definitely, you know, a lot of requests to do stuff and there's some really fun stuff I want to do, but it really me being strong and saying I'd love to do that but really looking at the schedule that doesn't allow me that family time that I want family time that I need and that presence in the families that I want to have because time went the way before being a mum I was running around the world doing all sorts of 
you know, made shows. And I've got a lot of experience <laughs> under my belt now. And I just don't want to miss out on too much time really shooting up. I'm like, I'm really going to be looking up to you. When you hug me, your arms are going to be on top and mine will be below around your waist. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I want to delve into co-parenting and how that has been for you. And I guess maybe sort of touch on, you know, has it been smooth sailing or if there've been some learning curves that you've experienced? You know, it wasn't a situation that I thought it would evolve into. So it definitely was like, okay, this wasn't a plan, but this is where we are now. So I think it takes a lot of adjusting and constant adjustment and yeah. Yeah. you know always said is the, the most important thing is communication and being really really clear yeah yep. and just yeah I guess it, it must be difficult when you know they, they're not with you anymore and you you want them to be I mean we are so many of us us parents long for them you know long for some time to ourselves and <laughs> Long for a bit of a break. I sometimes think that I'm like, wow, like imagine like having every other weekend or whatever it is to yourself. God, that sounds great. But then yeah. when you're actually in it, it, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. I mean, so, so many models at school are saying, oh, you know, how are you feeling about your trip? And I'm like, I'm already just knowing how much I'm going to miss. Ethan, they said, I'll swap with you. I've got three children. <laughs> yeah. I've got three children. I'll go over to London. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, it's a strange thing. It's good to have your time away, and I think it's been time for us both to to grow and learn, and I've got an amazing partner who I've been with for nine years, and, you know, he's definitely stepdad and is in their parenting with me, so I'm, I'm not alone, which is great. Yeah, yep. that's incredible. Now, we have started a few weeks ago uh, a new feature on the podcast where our listeners can send in questions and you get to answer them. So we've had one here, which is, what things do you do as part of your routine to help relax and de-stress? Oh, I like that question. I really like meditation music. There's a playlist on Spotify called Peaceful Meditation. And it goes for like 11 hours. And I'll put that on. I just want to feel calm. Like it really feels like you start breathing slower, the seats are slow. What's your ultimate like treatment? Do you love a facial? Do you love a massage? What what sort of treatments do you like? I like to have a bar. Sometimes I would just say to the boys, right, you do not drink. <laughs> Running a bath, I love essential oil. And just like I'm in a cloud of essential oils. And <laughs> honestly, when I get out of the bath and come back downstairs, I used to like in person, treat time at home, you know, no devices. Love that. Um, this is from Emma. What was your best fitness tip? So you can do exercise anywhere at any time and don't have to go to the gym. I love walking. It's great for me, but I'll do exercise even if I'm brushing my teeth. Like I'm, I'm not really, I'm, well, I'm not the gym bunny I used to be. <laughs> A bit of stretching and you know, little gentle exercises is what I enjoy. Mm. Yeah, we'll just do one more. This is from Sam. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned as a parent? I think it's, you know, kind of what I was saying before is just, you know, check yourself, get back, take a moment <laughs> and uh, be willing to evolve as a person and learn. Like, I, I definitely feel this is much about me growing and changing as it is about him. And I think maybe that's where... Typical for parents, like, you know, this age is hard and that age is hard. It's just different. It's, you know, mm. it's very different. And 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm ready to try and be able to keep moving with that. I know that we're all really excited about this because George and I have been talking about it, but where can we find your amazing range with QVC? Is it online? Yeah. So the basis of it, even though we do have a regular size clothing, is to create petite clothing because I'm petite. And I guess there's a big confusion about what petite is in fashion. And it literally just means that you're short and <laughs> not a dress size. So it's not about the, the width of your hips or your waist or anything like that. It's just that you're short. So your vertical proportions are very different. And I have had a lifetime of finding it difficult to um, find clothes that would fit. I've been designing since I was 17. I had my first range in Australia. I've had a, a specific petite range in Australia for eight years now. Wow. And we've had the QVC range for one year or just over a year. You know, it comes in size 6 to 22. So it's very inclusive. And what's been interesting is to work with um, different people at QVC and decode, you know, what is petite? And a lot of people think they're not petite. And I happen to be petite all over, which you girls probably are too. If you're five foot two, it's normally sort of under five foot four, under five foot three, but some people are just petite on the top half or the bottom half or yeah. Yeah. having that flexibility to have the regular size range and the petite style has been great because some people just need all the top half stuff in petite. I never thought about that actually, yeah, because some people have like a short torso, long legs. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, amazing. So when, so when, when, where can we find it? Is it Q, so QVC online? And then I, I guess are you doing QVC live as well? Yeah, we've done um, a bunch of live shows, but you can go to the website anytime and and check it out. It's really easy. And I've got my um, my jewelry there, which if you're five foot two, you've probably gone into jewelry stores and you're like, okay, the bangle just wires off your wrist and the the necklace lands too low so it's actually under your top between your boobs not you know on your chest as it should be where you can see all of those things that a lot of people say to me I actually realize petite people it's like even for jewelry and I said yeah the, the length of my neck is so much shorter so a long earring yeah so we're doing that and we're just launching shoes now so a lot of shoe companies don't go down to my size so we go down to a size two and we actually uh, amazing are launching that this week and that's been so much fun to design um so yeah the uh, qvc uk are amazing great team so um accommodating to try and make my vision come to life of having somewhere that I can go with everything fits and I don't feel like I'm weird or the wrong body shape you know it's like spent so many years where stuff yeah fits everyone else off the yeah. rack but with me it it doesn't and you've on a first name basis with you know a seamstress and spending a fortune and a week turnaround to get anything fitted to, to even go to a party or whatever. Hopefully we're starting the petite revolution. It's a dream come true for me. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and just before we go, because I know that you're pressed for time and you've been working all day, <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you've been given of as a parent or what piece of advice would you give to a new parent? Expect anything. As much as the birth story, they're all going to be so 
different and vary. Just you've got to roll with it. Thank you so much. And just before we go, your shoe collection is live now. Is that right with at QVC? My clothing and my jewelry and, and the shoe new shoe collection is is available and live and I'm very excited about it. Yes, so let me know what you think. Danny, thank you so much. We absolutely love this chat. You've been a superstar. Thank you so much for being so honest. It's been an absolute joy having you on. Thank you so much. Oh God, Danny Minogue, what a babe. No, oh my gosh, she is. She absolutely is. And I just love, do you know what? We talk about parenting on here and so, you know, so much comes up that happens, you know, every parent can relate to. But equally, when you have a superstar like Danny Minogue come on, there are things that you just don't even consider to be a thing until you talk to someone like that. Like, for instance, her talking about, you know, her son walking home from school. Any parent, that's a huge deal. Like, to let your child walk walk to and from school by themselves for the first time but then you start to think about what it's like for someone like yeah. her where there's the big security issue um it, it, it just god your mind yeah. just wonders how they ever get to do these things when there is so much around it and she's so yeah, well known. especially when she's just at the end of the day just a normal mum with it you know she's trying to be just a normal mum with, with with a kid yeah it's like you factor in all of exactly. that like you said all the security issues and stuff it must be an absolute minefield to try and get your head around so yeah i feel like we got a real insight into her life there and i loved how open and honest she was around being a mum it was brilliant and the co-parenting side of it as well was really interesting um yeah a real yeah. treat thank you so much for listening as always we'd love you to rate review subscribe and give the podcast a little follow that'd be amazing yeah please do and seeing as we are absolutely reaching for the stars when it comes to guests now please drop us a dm no one is out of reach we will be going for absolutely everyone so any suggestions send them our way at made by mamas on instagram and we will be back on friday we will i really want pamela anderson just on like a because i think there's there's that podcast with spencer and Jamie Lang and it's called like Six Degrees or something and they can get to anybody yes. so somebody must have a contact of somebody of somebody that yes. knows Pammy yeah so everyone put it out <laughs> on your socials like let's make it happen <laughs> or like we said we'd love Michelle Obama Michelle Obama oh. yeah I mean the sky's right. the limit we'll see what exactly. Friday we'll see you then <laughs> Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.